I'm Chris from Play Comics, a show where we look at video games based on comic properties and how well they stick to that source material, a part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other astonishingly geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. Welcome to another live chat with SP and SJ. We're not doctors and we don't pretend to be them on TV either, but we are here to talk about podcasting, answer your questions live. If you didn't know this, we do this every other Tuesday at geeks.live. But today is Wednesday, Wednesday, April 22nd, 2020. And uh, it's the way things happen sometimes when you podcast. Yesterday, I'd got part of my backdrop set up. And then all of a sudden, some problems came and unfolded, and uh, we had to cancel within like I don't know about an hour before before it was, uh, le- streaming. It was less than an yeah. hour. It was like forty minutes or something like that, or maybe it was. No, it was like by the time we made the decision, it was less than forty minutes, yeah. and then we had some communication issues uh, about notifying everybody. So we're sorry if you tried to come in and watch us la- uh, last night. I was going to say last week, but last night. And we just weren't able to go. And I will take the full hit for that. I'm sorry. Stuff happens. It was my fault. It was all me that delayed it. So we can blame me. It's always fun to blame the Canadian. And that is why I want to take the blame. Because (laughs) I don't think, you know, just trying to help out our fellow people to the north whom I might have to escape to sometime. <laughs> All right, SP. So it's been a wacky week in podcasting for you and I. And by wacky week, I mean, I mean, we had the Guinea Geek show on Monday and it went pretty much as we expected. But then yesterday there was the cancellation. But before that, on Sunday, I screwed up with better podcasting. So I went and I posted last week's episode of better podcasting. And as I always do, I preview it, but I preview the video. So I preview the video because I figure if I'm going to be previewing the file, I should do the both. I should get the video and the audio because who sometimes video has gotten out of sync or things like that. So, so I previewed the video. Hold on. Let's describe for somebody that might be listening for the first time why you are only previewing the video. How does the audio file for better podcasting come out of the video? Sure. So the way that I usually render it is I go and I I save the video from Magic's Movie Studio, which um, is is the one that goes to YouTube. But then I go and I, I save afterwards the audio file, the MP3 file, which then goes up to the podcast. So what I do when I'm previewing to make sure I got all of the key edit points and make sure that there's nothing glaring, I end up uh, previewing the video and I usually do it on 1.5 to 2 times speed because again, I'm just making sure everything is mostly good. So I did that. But the thing is, I actually, I edit this show usually on Saturday mornings and then I sometime preview it between Saturday and Sunday. Well, what happened was on Saturday, I, I I did that, saved the file, and then sometime on Sunday, I rendered the audio file so that I had that ready to go. And when I saw that the video was fine, everything was good, I went and I just continued on. I uploaded it to Libsyn, uh, who we do host our podcast with. And then I went and, um, as I always do, I go and I check the beginning. I check partway through, and I check the end. That's my my routine every time I upload the file to a media host as I go and I check 
those to make sure it looks like the file is totally there and that it hasn't trailed on. Well, it turns out that somewhere between Saturday and Sunday, I ended up um, somehow in the Magic's Movie Studio timeline accidentally moving a big section of, I think it was my audio. That happens so, all the time so, on a micro level to me, by the way. It's very uh, easy to do. Yeah. So I went and I moved a big section just a little bit off. And so then when I upload, when I rendered the audio the next day, it was actually a little bit off. And usually I try to do them back to back when I render just for that reason, actually, is, is have them rendered one after another. But I, I didn't. And so then we got a message later after I posted it um, from a wonderful listener. And we did end up being alerted to the fact that uh, it was screwed up in the middle. And so I went and I, I went and I found the problem pretty quickly, saw what happened and resaved it. But if you got two episodes of last week's Better Podcasting, the first is the exclusive screw up version. Actually, <laughs> there might have been three. What? Why Remember we- the double post? You're right. There is the potential that there was three. So actually, I forgot about that when I first posted it. So before I posted the corrected version, which I had gone in and I had actually removed the Libsyn post and added a brand new post, put brackets corrected so that there was a new GUI in there and made sure that it was a full new file going down. I believe that's the second time since we started better podcasting that you've done that. I, know. I believe there is another title that's corrected. There yeah. is. And the first the first time was the first mistake was because I published a file that I hadn't checked because I was on the road. I didn't do my usual beginning and end check, and it was just a blank file. So, anyways, that was the first one. This one though, um, so that's how I, I I did the second part was I put a little brackets corrected and then made sure it was a new file. But when I first posted the initial file, the broken file, when I hit post on Libsyn, it duplicated the post. So what happened was there was two tweets that went out. Both of them linked to the same media file, the same better podcasting, whatever it was, 223.mp3. But when I went into Libsyn, both files were there. All of the attributes were the same. The album art was the same. Everything was there except on the second one. There was actually no media file attached to it. So I don't know what happened. But when I hit post, it duplicated it. So potentially somehow, if you were right there and your podcatcher pulled it down, maybe you ended up with three episodes of Better Podcasting this week and two of which were broken. It's possible. It's possible. (sighs) So Bangs Nutty Bits in the chat brought up the sale. I've seen it all uh, in another location as well. But Bangs said... The Zoom F4 is on sale for $450 US again. It goes on sale from time to time. And I got to ask Bangs, with all the new recorders out there, the, the mixer recorders, is the Zoom F4 still at $450 your choice? Because I know he's huge on the F4 for a lot of reasons, the preamps and the interface and stuff like that. My question to Bangs is, is that 450 US dollars to him worth the F4 or would you rather put it on a Zoom L8 or potentially the Tascam, the new Tascam mixer or the Rode Procaster? What's the cheapest we've seen the L12 for? Isn't it regularly... Four ninety nine, I want to say it was five ninety nine. I think it's down to four ninety nine now. Okay, 
So I guess we could cite that as well as I would in there, yeah in there because you said L eight. Yeah. Um, I did because I was thinking in terms of capability, but you're yeah. you're absolutely correct when you think in terms of price. It's mm -hmm. slotted right in there. It's a good question. Good question. It, uh, I have okay. I have a confession to make that I think that preamps are a little overrated sometimes in podcasting because of what the end product is generally for for where it is. But it depends on the actual listening. Like when the Roadcaster Pro came out, terrible, virtually unusable in my opinion for many microphones and I did a big test and that never made the light of day because I knew there was firmware coming. But I, my opinion, there was many microphones that it sounded horrendous and they've made some changes. And I think that it, it fixed some of those problems. But um, I think like noise level and sometimes for me, I think it's a little overrated sometimes. The, the answer for me is also, it depends. It depends on what microphone you're using. There's a lot of microphones out there that will be fine with a slightly weaker preamp. So, yes. But if you're trying to drive, in particular, we bring this up all the time, and I know there are others that actually need more, and there are others that need about just as much, just not right there, the Shure SM7B. That seems to be like the standard of somebody wants to have really good sound so they get the Shure SM7B and they just can't make it go. If you're going to use a microphone in that class of needing that much gain, and really the gain does depend on your voice too. It's not just what drives the microphone, what actuates the microphone. It is how loud your voice is. Some people are quieter than others. So you have to take that into consideration. So if you have a really quiet voice, you're going to need a really good preamp on just about any microphone. But if you have a loud voice, you might be get oh, be able to get away with a slightly weaker. So it, it actually depends on two things. It depends on your voice and it depends on the microphone that you use in consideration for does a preamp matter or not. Can you hear me now? I'm going to talk like this because I'm a, a soft-spoken person, SB. So the sleep, what is it? The sleep with me podcast, <laughs> sleep whispers, sleep whispers. So sleep whispers, <laughs> which was is actually, different than the sleep with me podcast. That's the one that you started last year. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> there, I think there's actually a, a similar podcast to sleep whispers out there called sleep with me. Anyway, sleep whispers was on a Nova episode about sleep disorders and it was pretty cool. He was playing to a live audience. He was in somebody's living room. It looked like. And like great room, he was set up in front of a fireplace with his podcast gear and he had an ATR 2100. They didn't go into podcasting as a medium at all. Just the fact that people were having trouble sleeping and that by droning on about nonsense helped people to go to sleep. So he actually got some play on Nova. Wow, I didn't, that's crazy. Okay, so let me let me talk briefly about something that uh, while we're talking about preamps, I think is kind of relevant here in our discord server over at betterpodcasting.com slash discord. We had Josh Liston make the following comment. He said, Roadcaster Pro question. Has anyone here found a nice noise gate setting in the new beta? I'm still finding the gate far too aggressive and I'm having trouble finding a setting that works. Post a pick if you think you have it solved. This has been an ongoing 
Oh, my mic flag died. Cool. Uh, anyways, this has been an on. You need to stop telling your kids how to turn it on. <laughs> um, this has been an ongoing thing with the Roadcaster Pro. Is the settings that they have offered have not been enough for more advanced podcasters and for basic podcasters who just want to make it work. They they have been what they wanted, and I'm not saying that that Rode shouldn't be. I want to make it clear. I'm not saying that Rode shouldn't be looking into this. I absolutely think they should. I think they're creeping a little bit too far down the advanced rabbit hole to not have a basic and advanced function. Like I really think that they've added so many features. They almost need to go back to where they started. And before they lose those potential people, I think they need to have like a easy mode or an advanced mode. So if you go easy, you lose all of these settings and things like that, because there are some people that wouldn't want to screw around with all of these settings. But I'm surprised with the current version where they made a big deal about, about the fact that you have all of these extra settings that they still haven't gotten it right. This is many times they've been trying and they still don't have it right. And um, I don't think that that's unheard of for simple compression, like the DBX286S. Every freaking week that I edit, every single week that I edit, I think about the fact that I have not replugged in my half-click um, insert oh, yeah. method because I have had the ambition for a very long time to start using a unprocessed unprocessed track with my mm -hmm. editing and do everything sound effect post-process except for the preamp. But I haven't done it yet. And I, I never found the right settings, the right combination that just left me with the sound that I wanted. But the reason why I want to do that is because there are some times that like like that so where you get a little quiet. Sometimes I will talk a little bit quieter and it'll gate and it'll just irritate me. Mm -hmm. It'll irritate me. I actually noticed um, that in both of our tracks this past week, right? Um, oh, yeah. I don't know. And I think it's just because right now, I don't know what it is, but right now I noticed it a little more with both of us, but mostly me. It happens to me way more than it does to SP. SP is very consistent with the speaking. I am all over the place with my hands in the air and then quiet the next minute. And so that's one of the reasons why I want to do it. And I guess that's one of the things that we see here with the, the roadcaster is at some point, I guess you got to do it in post, turn it off. I don't know. I'm not sure. That's interesting that you mentioned it. We haven't talked about this. I do. I'm very consistent when I'm speaking for the most part on the actual podcast, but in pre-show and post-show, I'm not. And Legends of Shield, I actually throw in post-credit scenes. Is the best way to say it. It's not really outtakes. It's more like post-credit scenes in Legends of Shield. And I have to edit that on the same track. I've recorded the same track all the way through. And when it's processed, it doesn't come out. There's gating, just like you said, there's gating. And there is half the time when I'm speaking softly because I'm facing away from the microphone and doing something else. I'm actually uh, not being heard. So what happens is I have recorded a raw file and I go in and I edit using that raw file and process it so I can hear everything. It's not that everything isn't being recorded is that everything is being recorded through my DBX 286, which is what is going out into the internet. And 
So I'm recording that as well. And then I started recording that half click method on a separate track so I could get the post, the pre and the post in my outtakes or my post credit scenes for Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. So, yes, I do know exactly what you're talking about, but you're specifically saying for the Roadcaster Pro, there's issues, and that would be like your one track that you would have, and that you would have to use the half-click method out of the DBX286? Is that what you're half-clicking out of? That's what I would think you would have to, yeah, if you if you if I was doing that. Like, for me, I'm, I don't use the Roadcaster Pro, but I just want that in general, like with my my Zoom device have, having that. Um. It, and the noise gate is actually something that we both really value because yeah. we're not recording in soundproof studios. You said that uh, pre-show you sometimes speak softly. Uh, I just want to say that the problem that I have is when I speak moistly. I just want to say that. Did that not make it down there? That didn't make it down there? No, okay. That was a that was a Justin Trudeau, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. I know Trudeau exactly reference. what you're talking about. Which, by the way, is my ringtone now. Is someone made a remix of him doing that as a song, and that is my ringtone. I think Robin Sparkles has to do a cover of that. <laughs> but no, I I just would like to get to that point where I'm back to that, and I've bought in a few more plugins for the audio listener. I'm holding up a thumbs. I could just hold up the thumbs and speak, but SP was holding up a camera. Uh, he's holding up a GoPro. That's what he's doing right now. But, yeah, they're more about the GoPro later. But um, I just, I don't know. I've got some more plugins now. Maybe I should uh, should give it a try. Which, speaking of plugins, by the way, I just want to mention right now, not naming names, not naming specifics. Uh, there was somebody that I know who um, has been editing in less than ideal situations. People, who, co-hosts, with with less than ideal um, spaces, audio. audio, because of the fact that right now, where are we? We're all at home and usually they record in a studio. Anyways, the thing is, uh, there's a little bit of mouth noises coming in. And by a little bit, I mean quite a few. And so um, was asking for possible solves and uh, we were having a bit of a chat with them and suggested isotope uh, elements de-click. And... In order to help showcase this, I just went in and um, just grabbed. I said, send me a section of raw audio that has the mouth noises. And I went and I grabbed it and I ran a couple of different options on there. Or And I, I sent the files and said, look, this is just like a five minute test. Here's the different options. You can hear the differences. And uh, anyways, my understanding is that individual did end up um, buying, uh, trying and then buying uh, the actual true mouth click. D the one the level up from, yeah. yeah there's the, so there's the RX elements then there's D the mouth R I think yeah so there's RX elements which is the low tier then there's RX standard which is the middle tier that actually has the true mouth click one and I used the regular D click and apparently it it made a massive difference and so uh, if you got a clicky uh, <laughs> clicky co-host you might want to think about that uh, the regular click does work. It has a tendency to be a little bit more distorted if you don't finesse those settings. Uh, and it's not as good as the mouth D-click from everything that I've heard. I've had multiple people tell me once you use the mouth D-click, it's night and day difference and you won't go back to the regular D-click. Yeah, that's what I hear. I, I'm looking forward to picking it up at some point. Every, use... every time it's come up, I've justified something else with that money because it's like there's a few things in there that I would use in the RX standard, but it's just like, do I really need that? 
I get away without it right now. I'm not doing a professional production. I'm not doing something I'm trying to monetize. I'm dragging it on the podcast as it is. There's no D Steven suck plugin. <laughs> I was this close to actually picking it up the last time around, but I'm glad I didn't because I had other things come up that afterwards that I, I would do. need the, the money for it. So I just got to set a, a certain amount of savings into a podcast savings account and just put two, five bucks a month in there or paycheck in there. And eventually it'll get to the point where I can justify buying it without having something else come up that needs the money. Yeah. Well, that's when it was on for the, I went back and I looked when it was on for the, I think it was for me to upgrade. It was going to be like one forty nine, but then audio deluxe had an extra $20 off or something. Yeah. I, uh, I almost, it was one twenty nine the yeah. last time, one twenty nine us. Yeah. It was the last time I saw it and I was like, Ooh, that is actually good. And it was the key indicator to me, by the way, that they will be going to the RX-8 suite soon. Yeah, I think it's been a while since they've done that. Um, so it probably is time. Oh, I can't find it here. There was... I There's something in there that I really want to try. Um, I don't know. I'll see if I can figure it out. But okay. it's just an indicate. It's just another example on how processing, post-processing, sometimes you can achieve a better sound. Last year... I got the GoPro Hero 7 Black, and I believe I talked about it on the podcast. If I didn't, I got it for a couple of reasons. First of all, it's a 4K uh, record video recording, and I wanted to do more unboxings, more um, educational stuff for the, at that time, the uh, the Guinea Gear channel. Now it's all on the Better Podcasting YouTube channel, and I wanted the Sony A6400, but it was out of my price range. But this came up, and in addition to that, my daughter was going to take a couple of graduation cruises last year. This is way before the current pandemic, and she was going to go into, well, you're on a boat, so you're by water. So I'm like, okay, this is a waterproof camera that you can take with you. And I got a chance to fool around with it myself. And there is some image stabilization on board here, which is great. The image stabilization is great, but you still have to point it in one direction. So if you're like holding it on a selfie stick and it's going up and down because you're walking and it's just going crazy, it's not really pointing at you the whole time. That's just an example. So you have some image stabilization issues, which Steven is actually uh, mimicking through his production uh, computer right now. So if you want to see the video of that, go to, uh, Gonna geek. YouTube.com slash better podcasting. <laughs> anyway, so at the time I had gotten a waterproof, and this is not the waterproof, but a waterproof case for it. Even though this was waterproof, I got a waterproof case just so it could um, survive salt water mm. and, and not get any salt water in here. So I still have that. I just don't have it. But I had a little, you know, tripod that I put on it and then was able to put the, the the camera in there and I just won't close it and I held it out in front of me and you know I was able to do that and for those that have seen some of my videos from in my car this is actually what I use in the car I've got a uh, suction cup stand on the windshield and this actually hooks up into that and and do that video. So I've I've got that, but again, the image stabilization, and then of course audio. It, 
if ever you use this, you're not going to get the best audio out of it. And I know a lot of people use the DJI action cams and stuff like that, but they weren't available. So I got that one at the time. DJI just got into the market shortly thereafter. And for those long-term listeners and viewers, you know that I have the DJI Osmo Mobile 2. And that has been kind of a godsend when I'm doing different things. I really appreciate this. And if you haven't ever shot with your cell phone with a gimbal before, I would heartily recommend that you try out whatever gimbal that you want. I'm partial to the DJI stuff because I like their drones. Steven, I believe you like the DJI stuff as well, right? Yeah, I just did a bunch of Googling and uh, that's where I would lean to. So I've got the 7 Black and there was a bunch of stuff that came out recently for the H8 Black. And and so D, uh, GoPro is into the, the, the 8 model now. And so they decided to get rid of the... Um, karma grip that was meant for the seven black which mm. i'm holding in my hand and this is interesting it's completely different it's foreign to me from this gimbal because it's just one stick there's no screw in on the bottom and the cage is meant specifically for gopro which is fine because that's what it's going to be in it's not I don't believe it's not, it's waterproof, so you got to watch it. You can't like take it on your surfboard with you and, or water skiing or whatever and, and expect the gimbal to survive. The camera will. The gimbal might not. And the top actually comes off, so you can put this bracket on, so you can mate it up to all of the other um, GoPro mounts and stuff. But in order to get that, you have to unlock this top and, and basically pull it off. I won't do it right now. Uh, so it is different than the DJI Osmo Mobile. And the 3 is basically like this. The DJI Osmo Mobile 3 is like this, except for it's collapsible. It's more mobile. It's it's like the, um, the newer DJI drones compared to the older DJI drones. They're still good. It's just that they got a lot better. So I'm really interested. I have not had a chance to use this yet, but I'm interested to see what a gimbal will do on my GoPro Hero Black. Sorry, so that was my bad. I gave you a lot of time there. Did you find out what of the suite, of the RX suite, that you really wanted to get? No, because I got distracted because uh, Bangs Naughty Bits in the chat is talking about a uh, new Waves plugin called Playlist Rider that apparently helps uh, balance multi-track audio or something like that. So I was looking at that. But I did before have a look. And um, I would like to, um, in that, the, the two that really stick out to me is um, the... Uh, oh, where did it go? Um, the D-Reverb, because I would like to know how that would compare to the, D, the SPL D-Verb that I use. As well, the uh, in addition to the mouth D-click, I would like to experiment a little bit with the breath control one because I had the Waves one, not not that great. Uh, I'd like to try a little bit more with that. But I think out of the standard that I would be mostly looking at, it would be like day-to-day -day would be the the deplosive, which comes up. Um, mm -hmm. That would be the biggest one. And then secondarily would be the mouth D-click. Because apparently, again, the deplosive is awesome too which uh, would be good, especially if all of a sudden we could both start using fantastic MXL 770 microphones and shove them right in our face and then uh, just, just <laughs> breathe into them all the time. 
It does. I mean, it doesn't have to be a condenser microphone. <sighs> Dynamic microphones are True. also prone to plosives, so Especially you just gotta the watch it. Roadcaster Pro or the sorry, is, the Rode It is Pro for caster. me. I must have a heavy plosive because that is danger zone for me. I like the Rode Procaster microphone. We've been over this. Yes. I just can't use it because of the plosives I've on me personally. Got a lead on that, by the way, but we'll leave it at that. Um, okay, cool. Uh, okay, so the RX Advance, by the way, if I was still doing fun video projects, uh, I have looked into the um, Dialog Isolate, which if you're doing anything in a noisy environment, I don't know you would want to use it just straight up, but it does a really good job of helping remove outside noises from dialogue, which I think if you were like in a convention setting, this is how I think you would use it. You would you would use it. It would end up sounding a little bit cut like the, the samples that I've heard. It sounds a little bit cut, but you would balance that with another layer of your other tracks. So you would have that louder. And then you'd have your other one down. So the one that's down would probably fill in some of that gap. You'd still get some of that like convention noise and whatnot, but it would just help really bring forward the vocals. And I think that would probably be a nice blend. Um, and then the D Russell, the D Russell sounds great too. If you were again, oh, yeah. if you were in a, in an environment where you had a mic that was being rustled all the time, it works really like from the samples I've seen. The, the well, like a lavalier microphone, so right? Yeah. Like a lav. Yeah. But the RX7 Advance, oh, it's expensive. It's expensive. So expensive brings up an, another point of this uh, GoPro is it does have an HDMI mini out. I think that's what it's called, an HDMI mini out. And you can use this and project out to anything that's got an HDMI in. And you just have to have the right cord. I actually have a couple of cords that are HDMI mini to HDMI in a could use them other places. One of the things that you could use this for is an input into your computer and not just this, but you can take another camera, a mirrorless or a full, you know, uh, mirrored camera, and you could import that video in. And a lot of people that do video work do something like that. The problem is a lot of the computers don't have HDMI in, so it has to have some sort of converter to get in. One of the big converters is the Elgato Cam Link converter. It takes HDMI into USB and you can use it as an external camera directly to your uh, computer. You can't find one right now. You can't find a lot of things right now, but I just use this as an example. You can't find the Elgato Cam Link right now. It's been sold out. And yes, you can find one on eBay for triple the cost. They're normally $129. You could find them on eBay for $200, $300, $400. I'm not going to do that because I don't need one of the, one of them right now. It'd be nice to have, but it's not an essential to have thing, but that's not the only thing that you can't get. I think we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. It'd be very difficult to get a C920 right now. Mm -hmm. it's very difficult to get an ATR 2100 right now. Uh, these things, if you have one and they're extra, you might want to think about making some money and can live without it for a little bit. You might want to think about selling it on eBay for a little extra money. You, you found your extra camera. I, I found mine. I remembered where I put it and it was nicely wrapped up in my, in my cupboard. <laughs> I actually have a total, if, 
you count the C920s and the C922. I have one C922. I have four C920s. So I could sell off four and I would still be able to podcast yeah. here. Uh, I'm not going to do it, but I could do it and make a heck of a lot of money right now, apparently. It's crazy. So it's not just this stuff. It's also into other consumer electronics. It mm. will be in TVs pretty soon if it's not already there. It will be in uh, gaming stuff if it's not already there. I recently had the wonderful, wonderful chore of finding a Nintendo Switch for my nephew's birthday. Fortunately, it didn't have to pay for it. And mm -hmm. I did have to pay way more for it than I ever would have. So just a little tip out there. I know we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, but don't overspend on gear right now. Eventually gear will come back and yet you can buy it. So if you can get away with something that's a little less quality for yeah. a few more weeks, a couple months, do that. Don't overspend on this gear. You're going to regret it. I agree. And um, I think you should definitely look to see what you can find um, to get by in the meantime. Um, because maybe, maybe there's a cheap microphone somewhere and you can find a secondhand preamp or something and and i would i would say like if you're looking at spending a fortune on a decent microphone might just not be the time right now no not unless you can get something that's at least at retail value yeah um also by the way i wanted to briefly mention here an uh, update for those of you who have been watching us live you might have seen occasionally I have had to go step away for a minute because of the fact that there has been an outside interfering noise uh, with my podcast studio and one that I did not feel like removing. And I knew it was going to happen every single day at a, a random time. And it was <clears throat> a smoke detector. Uh, I've got uh, some smoke detectors that the, the, they were wireless and they hook up to the wired system. So like in the hallway there's a wired smoke detector because when this house was built, there was basically code to have one on each level sort of thing. So that's all they did. So then I found a system that the smoke detector. Uh, so that was just a pregnant pause. Uh, it wasn't me coughing. The The smoke detector, I could put a smoke detector in my kids' rooms. That's wireless. That were right outside, actually, that, that wired one. But anyways, they would talk wirelessly to the wired and it would all be interconnected. One of my smoke detectors started to give me problems. They started to give me problems where every day or anywhere between 4 p.m. my time and 6.30 p.m. my time, it would start giving an error beep. It still worked. Push the test button still worked, but it would give an error beep. And so I ended up uh, trying all the things, the cleaning, you know, everything that the manual said. And they sent me out a new one and it arrived today. It was only a couple days after I actually was able to get in touch with them. And so... There you go. An outside podcast source will problem will be solved soon as I go and fix that right after this show and replace the smoke detector. But I just thought I would mention it because A, I know there are people who have listened and watched the show where I've been like, SP, got to go deal with the smoke detector. Uh, and B, just goes to show, goes to show you never know what's going to interfere with your podcast. No, lots of things can, especially if you're live. Now, I think the bulk of our listeners are not live podcasters. No. They're not live streamers. So in those cases, you just got to be prepared to stop. Now, if you're interviewing somebody, 
it could ruin the mojo, could ruin the moment. And you'd eat into the time for the interview because generally you're scheduling an interview for a finite amount of time for the person that you're interviewing, whether it's a half an hour, an hour, hour and a half, two hours, whatever you are eating into that time as soon as you walk away from your desk. So make sure that your environment is as podcast friendly as it can be before you start podcasting and you'll avoid wasting that time. I have a question for you, SP, changing topics. Um, you in the Discord server earlier this week asked about people getting emails from Apple. Uh, was that related to the Apple podcast emails blast that you have not been getting? I still remain not getting them. Okay, so you're so you're still not getting... I don't know if I got them now that you mentioned that. Yeah, I heard that there were some new emails that went out, and I did change my settings in Apple Podcasts. And I still, I got a bunch of unrelated news crap. And after a couple months, I basically said, no, I, I'm not dealing with this Apple spam. It was anything from new products to stuff available, like uh, software available and Apple TV shows available and stuff like that. And I just wasn't enthralled with getting that. And then there is actual Apple news, which is an aggregator of different new stuff that comes in. So I already have plenty of those running for either personal or my job. And I just didn't need any more in that tech space. So I got rid of all that. Could that have been what has prevented me from getting these new Apple emails? Cause it's from a different Apple email address. I forget what it is. And yes, I, I will admit it could be, but I've done enough AB testing before with the settings that didn't work. So I don't know what's different now. Yeah, no, my last uh, Apple podcast email that I got was back in November. And my Apple podcast account does link to a correct email that I can send an email to from Apple or Apple can send. So I don't know what is up on the Apple side where they are just not getting emails out to all of their customers. I can see if you have submitted via Anchor and Anchor use their email address. I could see stuff like that, but that was not me. I submitted directly to Apple all of my podcasts. I can see the podcast statistics. I'm just not getting their emails. Okay, so having a look, because Damien responded to you in the Discord and his screenshots showed the same emails that I did, which his last email was October. There are newer ones. It was on the reason I asked the question is it came up on on Reddit last week. There uh-huh. were some, yeah, there were some newer emails that just started and it was from a different email address. Maybe it was uh phishing. I think it was the email address that I put in our Discord. It was that the same email address that you were receiving from in October? Uh let's go with maybe. <laughs> I don't, I don't think it it was, but yes, it is. Oh, it is. Okay. It is. Well, apparently they've been sending out newer emails and I haven't been getting, nor would I, nor did Damien. We're just three peas in a pod, aren't we? Aren't we? Uh, which by the way, I can only assume means that we're banned from Apple podcasts. I'm pretty sure that's the only logical conclusion that we can have. If that was true, then we wouldn't be able to post our podcasts. Sure we could. We just couldn't do them on Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts is not synonymous with podcasting. Okay, whatever. 
Okay, so uh, let's talk briefly also about a uh, milestone post that went around that I'm not going to specifically call out specifics, but um, there was a big milestone for podcasts that uh, how many were in a certain directory. And I just wanted to softly say that I feel it's less important now than ever. Um, We've talked before about how milestone numbers for how many podcasts are in a directory doesn't really matter all that much because there is lots of evidence to show that many of those podcasts are dead but are still in the directory. So it's not so many active podcasts. But when you look right now at all that has transpired over the last couple of months with people just starting podcasts for this, that, and whatever, Let's be honest, the shelf life on those podcasts are not very long for many of them because some of them are just experiments or or even just like I'm doing this so that I can deliver content to my students or whatever, right? So I just think that the milestone emails and articles are just trying to drive business. That's all they're trying to do. I also think that it is something that can actually be measured and therefore it's being reported. So you can say X amount of shows are in, and by show, I mean actual complete podcasts. I'm not talking about episode. X amount of shows are in Apple Podcasts. Oh, you so said we're the directory. Report- I wasn't going to say the directory. <laughs> it is the only directory that you can point to that's aggregate of everything right now. Everything else is suspect. It's not necessarily everything. No. If I went and I specifically put my podcast to Spotify, it's not going to show up in Apple Podcasts. I'd have to manually submit it, right? That's that's fair. I think it is the closest you're going to get to the majority of everything. Anyway, what I had an issue with in there as well is there was a number at 52% of the total number. 52% 52% of the total number had a episode that had dropped within the last 90 days. So it was considered in some of the reporting that I saw, it was considered that 48% had pod faded. That's not necessarily true. What is the definite? First of all, what's the definition of pod fading? is the original definition of pod fade is that you just ghost your audience. You don't say goodbye or anything. You just stop and, and that's it. You can come back from pod fading that's what pod fading was. I think what the reporting was saying was pod fading was the show no longer exists or the show is over or something like that. That's the impression that I got from the reporting. That's not necessarily true. I'll take, for example, uh, Voices of Defiance. Voices of Defiance ended. The next year, we put out an episode. Two years later, we put out an episode. Both of those episodes were outside the 90-day thing, and they were both relevant to what the podcast was. Now, was the week-to-week podcast over? Yes, but there was still an, a new episode out a year later, two years later. There's a lot of podcasts that are about sports right now that went on hiatus. And if you were doing a summer sport, say baseball, you might not have had a new episode yet waiting for the new season. I know, don't know why you would do that, but there that's an example of a podcast that was intending or coming back that was not back. And you're right too. There's a lot of podcasts out there that are people using just either for fun or for educational purposes or even for work. They're, they're trying to get out information to relevant people. 
and they are not going to be sticking around. Some will, but the majority won't. So I think that total number and the total number of pod faded just aggravates me because it doesn't mean anything. You and me both, SP. We are, we're just grumpy old podcasters. Get off our lawn. Some of us are older than others. <laughs> Should I talk about this? Let's talk about some other things before I talk about the printer. Yeah. Uh, okay. So we also, by the way, some something that came up in the Discord this week was from the wonderful Steph Fuccio. And she said, uh, what a coincidence between asking the chair question and watching your thanks video. I ended up buying a gaming chair, I think. Uh, the two wrecks that I got locally when I asked people were for a refurbished Herman Miller, which, by the way, sounds a lot like beer uh, store and the below <laughs> bad joke, uh, the below gaming chair. It's way better than the Amazon Basics office chair I had prior, but I am not sure I would call it very comfortable. Um, having the hubby use it this week to see if it's my back that is leading me to this conclusion or if the chair is just okay. It is progress, though, and in this crazy world, that is good. Very good. Thanks again. I don't know why I couldn't read. Uh, that was terrible. I'm sorry, Steph. Uh, here's the thing that I think is really interesting to think about with the chair situation that we're probably going to see. I think we're going to find that that ends up being the same as all of this audio gear because there are so many people working at home right now and they're buying chairs. They are buying the good chairs. And I think we're going to end up in the same situation with the mics where the good chairs are not going to be available in a short time here. People are, we're willing to put up like, okay, someone's like, I going to be doing meetings. I need a I need a camera. I need that now. I know that I need that camera now. So let me buy the camera now. Thus, there's no cameras to be found. The office chair, I think people were originally like, well, I don't know how long I'm going to be working at home. Let's see if we can last. Let's just go ahead and use what I got. I'll wait and see. And now weeks and weeks are going on and people's backs are sore. And so now they're scooping it up. So I think we're about to see that as well. And I suspect that as well, because at my workplace, we are mostly all working at home and people are asking that question now is like, can we go get our work chair? And, and they're asking that. And so I now that some time's gone, people are wondering that. And so that's what I think is going to happen. I think we're going to find a lot of good chairs are now no longer available as well. Yeah, I can see. I like I've been wanting a gaming chair for a while. It just hasn't risen to the level of me actually buying it, researching it too. But the gaming chairs seem to be the more comfortable chairs. Now, I don't know if they're quiet necessarily. I think they're going to be comfortable, but they might squeak quite a bit. I don't think they're made for streaming. I think they're just made for comfort and gaming, which in my opinion means they're going to make noises. And so the key for podcasters will be able to find the most comfortable chair that's going to last the longest that doesn't squeak. How much is that going to cost? No idea. I could tell you that good office chairs will go good office chairs will go for $200 US minimum on up to $2,000. That is the price range where you're talking about. So these gaming chairs, which look like office chairs, are so inexpensive in comparison. And I think that a lot of them are just using cheap gimmicks to make it seem like they're pretty cool. But most of them are not meant for people with bad backs. They're meant for teenagers and tweens. 
and people that are spending a lot of time in front of their computer desks or their TVs gaming. So you got to be careful about this stuff and find an actual reviewer review from somebody that's doing the same stuff that you're doing and that are sitting in the chair for a long, long time. That's good advice. Uh, the last comment that we want to mention from Discord this week was from uh, Josh Liston, and he said, or no, was it Josh? Yeah, it was Josh. He's sorry, hey, Josh. He said, Thrawn Max boom arm update. The unit looks great. The build quality is very high on the arm itself, and the table clamp is fantastic and quiet when moving the arm, but the built-in XLR cable in my unit is faulty and won't carry phantom power. Pretty disappointing that they cut corners on the XLR quality. And what makes it worse, I'm going to have to cut the connectors off the existing cable and use it Ooh. to pull through a new cable. Then I'll have to solder on new connectors onto the new cable. Oh, that is such a pain. And it is a concern that I've had when I've seen anything with um, built-in cables is what happens if you have to replace that like with the uh high pl 2t that we use uh you've got a removable plastic piece that you can fish through but it's not uncommon for this sort of situation with some of these and uh that sucks that really sucks because it sounds so good otherwise somebody like josh is going to be able to actually pull that off not everybody is going to be able to pull that off not any everybody can solder their own ends to the xlr cables not everybody can uh, put the ends on an Ethernet cable or an HDMI cable. These are things that you have to take into consideration when you're buying something that's integrated. I wouldn't trust myself to do it because I don't have that experience. And even though I think I could follow a YouTube video or get your help to remotely guide me, I uh, at the end of it, it's me doing it. And who knows what quality degradation I'm going to lead, right? So... Oh, yep. that sucks. I'm so disappointed in that. So disappointed. All right. Well, yeah. here's one thing that I want to quickly mention. Uh, I got a 3D printer for my birthday. So I got a 3D printer for my birthday and uh, it, it's been a while now and I finally got it set up and I'm looking forward to seeing what sort of podcasty type things I can I can do or studio related stuff. And so... I just did my first real print last night. It wasn't anything special. Um, so I'm a while off before I can do anything cool like the mic flag that my brother made me or whatever. But uh, I'm looking forward to, to experimenting with it. Uh, in the mo At the moment, I have one of two parts printed for a Logitech C922 cover because every week I just, I just tilt it. I twist my... I actually twist my C922 because it's on one of those... Um, zoom mic holders so it converts a um, microphone uh basically it's the size of a microphone so it'll fit into a mic clip and then it's got a tripod uh screw on the top of it so i use that so it just swivels nicely but i uh i'm gonna try this i figured why not it's gonna take like a couple hours worth of printing all together might as well give it a try i actually based off the first piece suspect suspect it's going to be a failure but it'll be fun to fail and we'll see what else i build so for work, I've had to use Zoom.us, and I, we can no longer use it for work because of the security issues that have arisen. And even though I think Zoom actually has their act together right now, there's just this perception that they don't, and that I think it's secure right now, but I don't know about the future anyway. 
I can't use it anymore. But I did previous to us not being able to use it anymore. And it was an interesting experience. I have used Zoom from the viewer side before where somebody's having a stream and they invite people in because they have an account. I actually got an account because I was like, okay, this is a perfect opportunity to try it. So for those that are looking into ways to connect to other people, I will say Zoom is actually pretty easy when it comes down to it. However, the audio quality sucks and you would have to record locally, in my opinion, to get a a good sounding podcast out there. And for the same expense, you could try something that we've talked about before, like cast at tryca.st or clean feed or it's not StreamYard, it's um, Squadcast or Ringer through an app on your device. I think all of those are better than Zoom. Now, Zoom does have its advantages in some areas when you're talking business to different places. But if you're doing what we do and you're streaming to different people, I would try to connect with somebody through, you know, what Stephen and I are doing. Uh, We use Skype. We've tried Discord before and there are other options. And I would use something like OPS to go out to... Uh, Twitch to YouTube and Mixer. Those in the hobbyist markets, that's where you're going to get the biggest bang for the buck. I don't think zoom.us is a good value for what's out there uh, in comparison to the other things, but that's just my opinion. Yeah. Um, I just, I, I agree. I think for the hobbyist, the price in itself is not, not the best bang for the buck. Um, I, I just feel like you could put that money a little bit elsewhere, but I, I guess depends. Depends on what's easiest. Like right now, even with the controversy and everything, I guess the use case that I could see would be people, even with controversy, people are familiar with it and some people are going to continue to use it. And so if you've got a guest and you're like, I want to connect with you and they're like, and you go, can I use Skype? And they're like, oh, I haven't had Skype forever. And they go, do you Zoom? then that might be where it's like, okay, that, is, that does offer baked in value. The, the use case that I'll come up with, and we've all seen it. We've all seen uh, about three or four weeks ago when all these news personalities, these TV personalities started to try to do their shows from home like we do. And we all saw the, hello, can you see me? Can you hear me? Sort of things. And if you can get past that to get a halfway decent connection on Zoom, it might be worth it and worth the aggravation of of not going somewhere else. But if you got somebody that's at least able to try something, yeah, I would try something else. But I think that's going to take us to the end of the show because I got a smoke detector to set up. So for episode number something of something, this is live number six. I'm Stephen John Drew saying betterpodcasting.com. You should check that out. And also, while you're there, you should find SP's email address and tell him you want to see more GoPro videos. MSP saying 10 episodes and we'll get one of these out on a podcast. See everybody next week for a real better podcasting numbered episode. Bye. Bye. Thanks 
for checking out another episode of Better Podcasting. You can find the full back catalog of Better Podcasting at betterpodcasting.com. If you're into geeky podcasts, please check out the other podcasts on the Gunna Geek Network at gunnageeknetwork.com. This show was produced and edited by Stephen John Drew of Gunna Geek Productions. Voice work was done by L.W. Salinas. Thanks again for listening or watching, and we hope to see you again next week.